0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence
0: around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800 333 for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain and 5 year 60,000 mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
1: I'm Viosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying. A, a podcast. podcast.
0: Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen.
4: What up, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show today from Moby Arena. Moby Arena. That's where Colorado State calls home. You ever watch a game and you see the ram horn on the court? You ever, you ever seen that? Okay. Here's a little quick trivia question. Okay, it's a trivia question. And Ramos is probably the only one. Jay stew has got that amount of knowledge. There was a basketball movie shot here. I'm not going to give away the star yet. That'll be the first. Uh, that'll be the first hint that I give away. First hint that I give away. But can you name the basketball movie shot in Moby Arena, Ramos? You want to take a guess?
2: It, I mean, well, The uh, yeah. okay, I would say the movie with um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Basketball Diaries.
4: No, okay. no, but a good, but a good one. Uh, by the way, a movie I've never seen. Okay. Never seen that movie. This was from, I think, the late seventies. I I think the late seventies. Um, uh, you you want to take um, you want to take a guess there, uh, Jason Stewart?
5: I don't recall the name of the movie, but Dr. J did like a, a movie in the late seventies.
4: Fish that called Pitts say Pittsburgh? Yes. No, that was that was actually filmed in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Odd. That's why I didn't throw that one out because I figured it was it. In- no, it's okay. No. Uh, this one starred Robbie Benson. Robbie Benson. I Yeah, I know the movie. And like, Annette O'Toole. Yeah, I just can't think of the name. Uh, something Again? No. no. One-on-one. One-on-one. That's it. One-on-one. Yep. One-on-one. It's a small town high school basketball star, Robbie Benson and his coach like if you think coaches who have been abusive now, guys that get fired, like, wait till you... This movie was like, that guy wouldn't last five minutes today. So, anyway, and that, that coach was played by G.D. Spradlin. Who's a, he's been a bad guy in a lot of different movies. He's a pretty good one. Let's get to last night. I, I thought, look, there was, there was a weird play. Weird play in which there was a taunting call, and then the officials seemed to hip-check the player involved. And, and we've completely freaked out as fans over these taunting calls. And who's responsible? And I, here's where I give credit to Mike Tomlin, because Tomlin's the first guy to go like, yeah, you know, we actually kind of want to take it. This is Mike Tomlin on the taunting call.
6: We're just trying to clean our game up. We, we embrace the responsibility that comes with being the role models that we are. This game being played at the highest level. We understand that people that play at a lower level watch us and and, and often mimic the things that we do and how we conduct ourselves. I think that's,
4: and truer words have never been spoken. Never been spoken. I don't really understand the the mentality of the narrative that, hey, you know, we're pros here. We can do what we want. And you got to be a role model for your kid. Like, look, look. We people freaked out. Aaron Rodgers had the hip thrust and they started taking the hip thrust out of celebrations. And the idea is everybody watches the NFL. It's the most watched. It's the most reputable. And guys, you you just don't want people copying that stuff. You just don't. I, I and I understand that the taunting calls, you're like, God, that's over the top. It is over the top. But this is how every officiating change works. If you go back and watch when, when they took hand-checking out of the NBA, the number of free throws that guys were shooting that season were ridiculous. But they had to go completely the other direction and then slowly dial it back. You can't just go right to the middle. It's, it's like a negotiation, right? A negotiation, you don't go like, well, you know, uh, I want to pay one and you want me to pay ten, so let's meet at five. I'm just going to go five. Like, no, nah, that, that ain't working. That ain't working because everybody ends up working towards the middle and you're at five and they're at ten now you're at seven or seven and a half uh, let me ask you Bayer, is what is what Mike Tomlin's selling worth buying um I don't think it's as big of a
7: problem as he believes, and maybe others believe that it is in the NFL i don't i don't I never thought that it was. Like there are other like celebrations of that I just think are maybe a little you know a, a DB it balls overthrown by 20 yards and he's sitting there waving incomplete like he had something to do with it. Like I'm bothered more by that because the DB thinks he had something to do with it as opposed to making a play and then trying to you know do his taunting thing.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I just I, I think here's what happens with Tomlin and a lot of these guys and, and I, I've heard this from front office people. If you've watched on social media, they have a lot of these wide receiver camps or wide receiver workouts, and you go and somebody guards somebody else in like one on one, no real roots or whatever, and if somebody falls down, everybody comes onto the field and starts laughing at the guy who fell down. Right? Yeah. We have it in basketball where you you do these camps and they're, quote-unquote, all-American camps. It's a one-on-one fest. And if a guy makes a player fall down, even if he pushes him some, you know, the guys start laughing and talking trash. And one, I mean, there's just, I, I don't understand the reason to humiliate somebody who's trying to stop the other guy. But the two and the mo- more important part is, like, that's not what any of this is about, you know? That, I, I don't think that's what people are in it for. And that's not what the NFL wants. And you have guys that have are starting to come up from those camps and from those styles. And there has been an added leniency to college football. Remember that you could not you used to not be able to celebrate at all. Now you can kind of celebrate with your team. But I, I think that's what it's a pushback against. I don't think it's a pushback as much against what's actually happened in the league, but it's the idea of football culture changing into these – 7 on 7 one on one camps where guys are falling down and everybody's talking trash. Sure. I, I, like if a
7: guy is lit up by a safety or receiver comes across the middle and the safety like walks over him as he's laying, you know, looking at him. That's taunting. Did Cassius Marsh go a little bit long in his looking at the Steelers? Sure. Cassius Marsh was also a member of the Steelers at at one point. You know, so there's even like, there's even something there, and and maybe that would be an argument of like, well, then he definitely should have done it. But I would think that that's just just a part of it. And how Correnti, and I'm not trying to change the argument and put it on the referee, but when he ends up waiting and waiting and waiting, and has and then ends up throwing the flag, you maybe could have done it five seconds earlier. I think that there are things that yeah they'd like to clean up at at some point, but. I don't know if there's a real gray area with taunting. You know, knocking a guy out over the middle and and leaning over him after you hit him is a lot different than just sacking a quarterback and looking at the other sideline as the punt team comes out.
4: Yeah, no, it's 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 one, it's subjective, but two, it's also the context of the actual play. And I think generally these these rules will be relaxed eventually. But again, we're in the first year of them really trying to, to uh, trying to c- cut it out. Um, I know they won the game. I was completely unimpressed by Big Ben. I just, he just does not have it anymore. And I think part of it is, I remember when he did have it. And I, I think in many ways, Big Ben has been undervalued and underrated and probably will be so. But I think if if you're a Big Ben fan, which I have been, you're a you're a big Ben alarmist now because it, it was so very a uh, very, very average he, to below average. He
7: can't pump fake and reload and throw. No, it takes him so long to reload that once he doesn't get the throw off, it's done. And you saw him get sacked a couple of times. You saw balls get batted down because of because of that. I mean, even on his his. Quarterback sneak. I mean, or on his, you know, when he, when he tried to get the first down on his run. I mean, it was, yeah, it's not, it's not good at all. There's, they threw a, a pass. And they're actually just replaying the game on the NFL Network, like in the, you know, the first half they had one to chase Claypool, and I know there was one in the second half. But that was the only time that I thought, wow, they really actually threw downfield. Otherwise, everything was just really short, uh, end around handoffs, that sort of thing. Yeah, just. There's there's no threat at all that you're going to be beat downfield by anybody.
4: None. None. And and he had a huge arm back in the day. Just an absolutely just an absolute cannon for an arm.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live.
4: Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. So, Mike McCarthy um, and the Cowboys suffered a, a bad loss, right? There's there's only one way to express it. You lose to Denver and the way they lost to Denver, that's a bad loss. And you have Dak Prescott. They looked awful. But we also have to couple it with how many teams have had a bad loss this year. We're just inexplicable. Packers had one week one of the season. I don't care how good the Saints are. It was the way in which they lost. The Titans have lost to the Jets. Granted, they did they had a bunch of injuries, but we've seen bad losses. But this was a bad one. The, the difference is Dak Prescott's coming off of a calf injury that kept him out for a game. Dak Prescott signed a huge contract fresh off of breaking his leg last season. So Dak Prescott being in the game when they're down 30 0 nothing is a head scratcher. Jerry Jones is usually a defender of his coaches and his players. Here's Jerry on a Dallas radio station. We were very
8: careful for the long range of not playing Dak last week. And we were very careful. It was a long-range thought that when he's in the game, don't think that he's not going to make every play like it's a Super Bowl play. So if you've got concern about uh, uh, the, the fact that uh, what would it do to your season uh, to uh, uh, have another injury, uh, if you've got concerned about that, then that's the time to do it.
4: This is Mike McCarthy when he was asked about leaving Dak in. Frankly, the fourth quarter uh, it was a conscious you know,
7: effort to keep him in there uh, for, for the two-minute work. You know, we're, that, that's something that um, if I was you know, looking at all the situation and work that, that we've done uh, and the commitment that you put to each situation, we, we needed that work.
4: This is Dak Prescott when asked about Mike McCarthy's decision to keep him in. There was
2: a game left out there to be played. I don't think I ever – never crossed my mind that I was coming out of the game. Uh, and I think if somebody would have tried to make that decision, I would have told them I wasn't. Um, we need to show our fight, our resiliency, uh, something that that's won us a lot of games. And um, when, when we're getting beat like that, you know, you've got to show your character.
4: I, I'm i going to disagree with Dak, but it's pretty obvious that that Mike McCarthy – had an open line of communication. And I don't think that Jerry said you don't play him. I think what Jerry's saying is that is a thought. If it's a thought and a concern, well, then you get him out. It, he didn't feel like it was a thought and a concern. Um, I, I think this is Dak wanting to play, not about putting up numbers, about being sharp, about getting something out of it. I think, generally, that's a mistake, though. Like that's a good way to get yourself hurt. Yeah, you, you have to... All of what Dak said is fine, fair, accurate, okay. I'm my own best doctor. I wasn't, I'm not going to get hurt. We still want to play. We want to score some points and make a decent game of it. We thought we had a chance to come back and win. Okay, great, all good. Problem is that if you're hurt, it's Cooper Rush's team and there's a massive drop off. That's how you got your job to begin with, right? Is that, is that uh, Tony Romo got hurt? So I, I just, I look at this thing and I think, do I think McCarthy made a mistake? Yes. Do I think Mike McCarthy can be uh, bigger and and can take more control of it? Yeah. And I also think Mike McCarthy didn't want to get didn't want to get pummeled. Like some of it is like let's just make it competitive and we got a better chance to make it competitive. If we keep Dak in. But I mean, Mike McCarthy's how many seasons at the end did he have ruined because Aaron Rodgers was hurt? Why wouldn't you do the same with Dak? Why wouldn't you learn from your mistakes with Dak? He has not. Yes, Jay too.
5: Doug, when uh, when McCarthy goes to the, uh, we had some things to to work on. We we wanted to do the two minute drill and whatnot. It's like. That's an odd one for me. Like for a guy that's been a head coach for so long, like it's not like you're telling the other team that we're just going to work on some things. Those guys want to kill your quarterback. <laughs> like, that seemed that that's a head scratching excuse as far as I'm. Well,
4: concerned. I mean, two minute, you're getting rid of it quick. You're getting out quick, and you can you can get some game reps. You can see some different looks. That's probably what he meant, you know. So, I just I don't understand the the guys that run things up. You're up, you know, thirty. Like take your guys out. You're down thirty. Um, I think it depends upon the quarterback, depends upon the situation, and how much work he's had. You know, I, I do understand that Dak has missed some time in practice and it's more reps, but I, I think your question is what's the reward? Does it outweigh the risk? And I don't think it outweighs the risk. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, let's. Speaking of Villanova, so Friday, Dan, I'm going to the I'm going to go to Nova UCLA. Villanova comes out the okay. UCLA. Do you know that game's at eight thirty start?
7: Local, like, yeah. wow! So eleven thirty in Philly to have to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a late game. That's very, very late. That's a that's oh. a that's a late. Game. That's when you go to bed and then you wake up for the game. you know, if maybe you're on the East Coast. You can do that. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna crash at seven thirty, get four hours, wake up, watch, and go back to bed.
4: Well, I mean, I guess the idea is it it that way. It gives you a Pac-12 football game probably starts at six, maybe, and then it, or a West last football game starts at six, and it gives you a chance to watch the game. And then, or maybe it's a it's a three hour window, but eight thirty seems like there's a, a football window before it. Let's welcome in Chris Sims, who joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Chris, what what do you think of how Aaron Rodgers has handled all this?
5: Um, it's been okay. I can't say it's been anything special. I guess it's been less than okay, is what I would say. You know, again, I'm not uh I got no issue with him being like anti vaccine or anything like that. Am I still shocked, you know, that he would roll the dice and lose a competitive advantage advantage by, you know, not being vaccinated? Yes, I am. For a guy that, you know, talked a lot about his organization not supporting him and we know he's carried that organization for so long. And then, you know, here we are. He's not going to put, him his best, but put himself and the team in the best spot to win a Super Bowl. Might cost him a number one seed in the NFC. We know how tough it is to play up there in Green Bay come January. He's kind of awesome. I guess I'm amazed by that. And then, yeah, I just found it a little deceitful with how he handled it. You know, he's so smart. He's such a leader in so many ways. I just would have liked to have seen him own it from the start and start the conversation. You know, let's let's do that. Um, so I guess that's where you know I'm I'm a little displeased with with a guy that you know I love uh, to watch play quarterback.
4: I love to watch play quarterback. We've been friendly before, um, and the the crazy part is he he says he's not anti-vaccine. I'm not an anti vaxxer and then of course he doesn't get the vaccine, right? Which is contradictory in and of itself. But right. I think I, I I I'm glad you pointed out that the, they could have lost. They might have lost home field advantage. They no, beat no the doubt. Cardinals. They beat the Cardinals and what he said, and he even seemed to love that win, right? Right. Now you lose once to Kansas City, you lose to Seattle, and it's an uphill climb. And especially now with only one team getting a bye, he's trying to win his second Super Bowl. This is something that that hurts it, hurts his team's chances.
5: A hundred percent. It's legacy defining once again with him, not only on the football field, but of course the way he's handled it is going to be remembered a part of his legacy, this whole vaccine conversation too. And, of course, the people who don't like them, now this gives them another jump-off point to go, look, this guy, he's a diva. He's always causing a problem. You know, of course, and then not to follow the rules of the situation if you're not vaccinated. Yeah, that does bother me, too. It does. You know, again, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm trying to sit here on a high horse and say I'm perfect. But, you know, Doug, to your point, too, like, to me, out of the teams I look at in the NFC, when we just talk about Arizona, Green Bay, Tampa, Dallas, the Rams, you know, to me, again, I know Green Bay won the other night in Arizona, but they're the least talented of that group. You know, they can't rely on a Ronald Moore, you know, a Rondale Moore muff punt and a, a drop screen pass to win a game. You know, they're not better than Arizona. I'm, I know they won. That was great for them that night. But I don't look at them as being more talented. And I think home field advantage is more important to them than, yeah, a team like Dallas. Or Arizona, or the Rams, or Tampa. Uh, I feel like their chances of winning on the on the road are a little greater than Green Bay.
4: Chris Sims, our guest in the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What do you think of Jordan Love?
5: Uh, Jordan Love was just okay. You know, uh, listen, I'm into the look test. I'm not trying to like over evaluate or judge. It's a tough situation. He was in there. Certainly, you know, it, it's not like you're getting a ton of first rep and first team reps. You know, through the first eight weeks of the year, and all of a sudden you get thrown into the fire, um, but. You know, like I say with like rookie quarterbacks, sometimes, it, you know, yeah, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, it's been all over the place. Sure, you know, Justin Fields to a degree, but I've st- stayed pretty firm in like, man, ooh, I don't. They've done a few things that I really like the way that looks, and I can't say that I saw that with Jordan Love the other night. Didn't look bad, but I didn't go, oh wow, oh, you know, he didn't, he missed that throw, but wow, that was still a special throw. So I, I guess there's more I need to see there, but it didn't pop off the screen to me on film or on
3: TV, Doug.
4: What about the Chiefs? I know they won, but so many yeah. were disappointed that uh, there still wasn't the explosiveness offense. There still wasn't the consistency. What were your thoughts on the Chiefs?
5: Well, yeah, the Chiefs, you know, the defense is playing better. I mean, and I saw Andy Reid made a comment earlier today. It's something I've been saying the last few weeks, even in the Tennessee game. I know they lost 27-3. to it wasn't the defense. The defense played pretty good. The offense kept screwing it up and putting, you know, the team in some bad positions. They stopped Derrick Henry for twenty nine carries to eighty six yards. You know, there's some positive things going on, on the defensive side of the ball. Unfortunately, there's not with the, the offensive side of the ball. It's actually going in a different direction here as of late. And I, I just again it's that was the first game I saw where in the Mahomes era where I was watching the game live, going, they're they're managing Patrick Mahomes in the offense right now for the first time. They're a little scared of what he'll do, what he's seeing, where he'll throw the ball. So that was, I think, new to me. And yeah, I think they're still far off. You know, there was a there was a time like three or four weeks ago. I went, I'm I'm not giving up on them. There's still a lot of, a lot of positives and things I like but it's really gone in the wrong direction the last two or three weeks to where I don't really know what they are on offense right now.
4: Chris Sims, our guest, Football Night in America. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, let's get to last night. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, before we get to Justin Fields, Ben Roethlisberger. I-, I know they won the game, but gosh, there's just suddenly so many throws he can't make. Right. Um, can they win in the playoffs with Ben Roethlisberger?
5: I mean, maybe a game, maybe two, if their defense can force turnovers and be miraculous that way. You know, the one thing I'll say about Big Ben over the last three or four games and what you saw last night, at least he's got, like, a, a governor or a brake pad a little bit to go, like, oh, wait, there was a few times last night I watched him and he was, you know, people around him and he was pumping and, like, oh, no, he still thinks he's Big Ben from 2012, don't do it. And he just was like, all right, I'll take the sack. Or, all right, I'll throw the ball away. You know, If if he's just ultra-conservative on that side of the ball and they stay patient with the run game like you saw, they're going to be tough to beat. They will be. Their defense is Super Bowl caliber-ish. And the run game has gotten better. Now, we didn't see that last night because that Bears front seven is the real deal. So they certainly gave them issues. But, you know, what I've been saying for about a month now, as long as Big Ben and the offense don't screw it up, Pittsburgh's going to be in every game. It might be ugly, but they'll be in every football game. And, of course, the, um, you know, the fumbled punt by the certainly made things probably a little closer than, than it could have been as well.
4: All right, Justin Fields, your evaluation is what?
5: Woo! Yeah, Justin Fields has got me nervous about my college evaluation for sure. You know, I, you know again, since he's taken over, I know it hasn't all been pretty, but I like the way it looks. And I think last week was – I mean, last night was the first night where I went – because the one thing I've said on my podcast and, and you know, other – you know, PFT is just to go, you know, hey, I, 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 it's smooth. He's playing the position the right way. He makes a few good plays with his feet every game. You know, ooh, I like when he throws fades down the sidelines. Okay, if the guy's open, he'll hit it. But last night was the first time I went, whoa, tight window, good read over the middle. Ooh, way to fit it in there. Like, to me, that's what you're going to have to do if you want to be a great quarterback, consistently great in the NFL, be the quarterback of a great offense. I mean, that's what the great ones do. They can read coverages and throw the ball into areas where you go, ooh, that's a little dicey, but, oh, he can get it in there and change field position or make an explosive play. And I think that's what excited me more than anything last night. I mean, some of the throws in the pocket, but some of the throws on the run, like the last one, you know, two on the last drive, but the last one in the end zone, just a little rolling to the left, flick of the wrist type throw. Those are things I did not see in college from him at Ohio State. So that tells me he's getting better, better at throwing. And you can see the quality of the ball too, Doug. I mean, I think you could see it too. It's, it's a spiral every throw. You know, it's a pretty smooth delivery throw after throw. And uh, it looks consistent. And I think that's what, what I'm real excited and pleased about for Justin Fields.
4: How much alarm should there be in Buffalo with the Bills losing to Jacksonville?
5: Well, uh, well, there, there should be alarms. And, and again, uh, it's a topic I broached a, a, a few times on my podcast where it's too Josh Allen-centric. You know, the offense has been misleading all year long. You know, I know people are going to go, well, they're the highest-scoring team in football. I, I know that. But if you go back to games like the Dolphins in Washington and the Houston Texans It's not that great of an offensive show. It's the defense putting the the Bills' offense in some good positions, and then Josh Allen just making a few highlight real throws or plays where you just go, well, that was good defense. He's just freaking amazing. I don't know what else to tell you. You know, there's nothing else to defend on that offense. It's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They don't pass protect that well. They can't run the ball. The only time they can run the ball is when they call Josh Allen's number to run the ball. And that's what I think is concerning. People have caught on to the offense a little bit, but there's just no other element to the offense other than him making great throws and great plays. And to me, that's just not sustainable. I mean, I know they'll be in the playoffs, and you know they're always going to be scary with Josh Allen, but I don't look at that as Super Bowl-caliber football team the way they're playing on the offense right now.
4: Would you, if you were a general manager of, say, the Packers, would you sign Odell Beckham Jr.?
5: Yes, or the Bills, I would. I would. Like, I, I, the Bills need another weapon. Yes, Green Bay needs another weapon. They're not going to beat the Arizonas and the Rams of the world just hoping that they make a mistake and we'll play a clean game. You know, it, it's just rare that that type of team gets to the Super Bowl. You know, at some point, hey, X's and O's and executing's great. But the Jimmys and the Joes are the ones that are going to get you in the Super Bowl, just like we saw last year. You know, the league's so close now. The difference in games is, is a guy or two making two or three plays that are just, you know, amazing in a lot of ways. And Green Bay has a lot of things I admire, but, yeah, I don't think they can beat the Rams and the Cowboys or the Bucks when it comes big-time playoff football because I just don't think they're going to be able to rely on, oh, we'll execute and we'll mess the game up, and you will. I mean, we saw that last year. Tampa Bay messed the game up and still won up in Green Bay. So that's where I would be. Yes, sign Odell Beckham Jr. Buffalo or or Green Bay.
4: Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I did want to ask you about um, about the Tennessee Titans, right? Like they lose yeah. Derrick Henry, and their defensive line was amazing, amazing. But again, yeah. we've seen. We've seen bumps like this from teams that are down a guy often, right? Whether it was the Raiders when they, lost, when they didn't have Gruden. Uh, right. We've seen other teams. What do you think the Titans look like when the year is done, the regular season is done, assuming Henry doesn't play the rest of the regular season?
5: Well, I still think no matter what, you know, no Derrick Henry, assuming he's done for the year and it's over, I still think Tennessee is one of the teams in the AFC that I have very little questions about. I think there's only one question. You know, can the pass game stand alone if it has to? And, and to me, that was the, a little bit of the annoying thing about the game on Sunday Night Football against the Rams was I was a little surprised that McVay and Stafford came out so, oh, shotgun, 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 shotgun. You know, I would have wanted to see, like, hey, be conservative, 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 and see if Tennessee can actually move the football without Derrick Henry. And, we, you know, Tennessee was never really forced to do that. They really weren't, you know, we never really got that question answered. I don't have any questions about Ryan Tannehill, the offensive line, you know, Julio Jones, uh, of course, AJ Brown's a star. I don't question. I just, I got to see more from the Todd Downing offense. That's all I want to see. And I'm not trying to disrespect him or question him. It's just to this point, they haven't had to rely on anything other than Derrick Henry play action pass. and you know, of course, that play action pass is not going to be as dangerous without Derrick Henry. So I guess that's the last piece of the puzzle I'd like to see. But to, to answer the question fully, Doug, I mean, Rabel, you know, like a Belichick disciple, and I say this about Joe Judge too all the time, they manage the game the right way. It might not always mean a win, but the game and the, the game plan itself and the situational football is almost always perfect. The Titans' defense, Doug, is in the conversation for the best zone defense in all of football with the New England Patriots. They're amazing. They're like Syracuse in the 2-3 zone. They can pass people off in other areas and do it seamlessly. They're great. And then you mentioned the D-line, which, of course, is just getting better and better because Bud Dupree's getting healthier. So I still think Tennessee, even without Derrick Henry – is one of the top teams in the AFC. The other team I say to just watch out for, if they could just be a little consistent on both sides, is the Cleveland Browns, because they got all the pieces to be, you know, a, a big time player in the AFC. There's not really a weakness on the roster if they can kind of just play a little cleaner football week after week.
4: Cowboys are bad this week. They're down thirty nothing. They have Dak in the game in the fourth quarter. Sound like Dak was on board with it. McCarthy was on board with it. Jerry didn't seem so much on board with it. But there are questions. Do do you have a problem with Dak being in the game, coming off an injury in the fourth quarter, down a million?
5: I mean, I wouldn't have. I would have just been okay. It's you know, we'll see you next week. You know, it's thirty to nothing. There's there's six minutes left in the game. You're not going to come back. You know, and to me, yeah, I would not have risked that. I, I can totally understand understand Jerry Jones. And again, you got to save the player from the player at times. Dak Prescott's the ultimate leader soldier. They could have been down 130 to nothing, and he would have gone, yeah, coach, I'll play. I'll play. Sure, coach, you want me out there? I mean, so that that, that to me was stupid. I mean, yes, it was stupid, for lack of a better way to say it. They were off. You know, I don't care how good you are. Dak Prescott's certainly top-ten quarterback in football. But when you haven't practiced in two weeks, you know, I don't care who you are. It's going to be tough sledding that way. And, you know, the Denver offense kind of caught fire after kind of a you know, two field goals early on, or, and, and, uh, or not two field goals, a touchdown, but after the two fourth down stops, and they got it going, and that's the other thing about Dallas. Defense good, they play hard, they cause turnovers, but I don't think it's like at any time are we going to look at it and go, oh, Dallas is a top ten defense in football. No, they have to play through their offense, and their offense has to dominate. It helps their defense out a lot when they do that.
4: You're the best, Chris. Really appreciate joining us. Can't wait to talk with you next week.
5: Thanks, Doug.
3: Be good. Have a good week, man.
4: All right, that's Chris Sims, NFL analyst for NBC Sports. Wait to hear what Colin Cowherd had to say about Justin Fields. That's next.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Uh, do you see this one on social media Rex Chapman Tell me something about yourself that actually a lie It sounds like a lie but it's actually true. Jay Stu, do you have one Dan Byer do you have one? Uh, my my sounds like a lie but it's actually true. I put I'm a coach's son who was super athletic but couldn't shoot right That was that to me is <laughs> uh, that's the oxy, oxymoron. I've did never got wo- one buyer I've never no, once thrown try. up by the way. never thrown up. I've never thrown up. It's like
7: Jerry on Seinfeld wasn't he, he never threw up. Remember that? Me and Jerry. Doug, remember that episode? Which one? Like Jerry like didn't
4: throw up? No, I don't. Oh. I honestly don't. Was that an episode of Seinfeld? Yeah, I think it was one of the earlier ones. I didn't see that one. All right, give me one about yourself there, uh, Buyer.
7: I, I don't really have one. I don't know. Um, I wish I... I, I wish... I'm from Wisconsin and I hate the Packers. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, I don't cheer for them. Yeah, for sure. I'm from Wisconsin. Okay. I don't drink. There's one. There, I, there you go. And don't like cheese. No, I You're do like You're lactose intolerant. Oh, you I, like wish, <laughs> I actually wish I didn't like it as much as I do.
4: Oh, I love cheese. Uh, Ramos, what about you?
8: Oh, I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I, I'd have to think about it a little
4: bit. Okay, <clears throat> think about it a little bit. Yeah. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. <laughs>
8: what does the Fox say? Colin
4: Coward has this to say about Justin Fields.
8: Do the Bears have the right coach? I like Maggie Nagy more than you, but I don't know. Do the Bears have the right GM? I got my doubts. But you have the quarterback. Well, Colin, it's just one game. No, it's not. If you, We've all watched these music shows, American Idol, The Voice. It doesn't take long to spot big-time talent. You can see a hack, and you can see a star, you know, eight seconds, 15 max. So this league is not complicated. Got to get a franchise quarterback. That's what the Chargers did. Then get the offensive line fixed to protect your number one asset. That's what the Chargers did and then have a bunch of people draft them that can go get their quarterback. So the Bears have two of them now. They got the quarterback, and they got the guys that can get the quarterback. But they've been trying to rebuild this whole line for three years, and it's still an absolute mess. And here's the thing with Justin Fields. He's the guy. First time since, was it Johnny Lou Jack like 60 years ago.
4: You got your guy. Um, look, I, I, I think all returns are positive. And... But we, we do make this... We go week to week. There's been time. You go back last week, and he didn't look like the guy. He was good last night. Matter of fact, I think Pro Football Focus had him rated the number one quarterback of the week in the NFL. That's big stuff. Um, that, that's, that's huge. But we also have to be honest and fair and go, hey, it's one game. Let's not freak out. Right? Mike White was great for one game. Colt McCoy had a great game. We've seen other guys have good games. But, but all returns on Justin Fields appear to be good. And, yeah, I – like, look, this coaching staff made the playoffs two of the last three years, and they, they had a team the, – the, the, the Steelers felt a lot better. They just – their quarterback doesn't have juice. But I think the Bears making it super competitive does speak well for the coach staff. Those guys are playing hard for them. It wasn't the coaching staff's fault that there was a huge fumble on the kick return. I do think the Bears have found their guy. We'll just see if he continues to evolve and impress the way he did last night. Uh, last night there was some, uh, there's some jawing, some pushing, some shoving in the Nuggets game, um, and and th- th- this is this has spawned a huge internet potential fight between the Morris brothers and the Jokic brothers here's Nick Wright on Nikola Jokic
2: I understand why he was upset Wilds he obviously drastically overreacted but I also gotta say this Jokic has a responsibility and in this moment he doesn't live up to it he's a league MVP he's one of the 10 best players in the sport can't be doing stuff like this I'm just curious In his let, let's just go through other MVPs Whole career, you seen Giannis do something like this? I haven't. Bron's been playing 19 years. Seen him do something like this? I haven't. KD, seen him do something like this? I haven't. The only time I can remember Steph getting thrown out of a game was when, you know, the game was rigged for ratings or money. He didn't know which or his wife didn't know which and he whipped his mouthpiece at the fans because he was so upset because LeBron was ruining his season. We've never seen Steph do something dirty like this. Like, you're not supposed to act like this is a league MVP, Wilds. I, you're not. I mean, tell okay. me the last. I get it. Tell me the last one. I, I just can't think of it. Like Marquise Morris is in the Anthony Mason, you know, mold. Fine. Jokic totally is not supposed it. to do stuff like this.
4: Um, I mean, I'm going disagree with him. You know, he's dribbling the ball up the floor and and Morris comes in and just kind of clubs him, clubs him. And he's standing up for himself. And he didn't, he didn't throw a he didn't throw a fist. He just kind of body blocked him. So I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with either side to it. I know that Tyler Hero walked up and then took one look at Jokic and was like, "Yeah, no." I know that the Miami Heat all waited outside that locker room. They want no part. Have you seen the Jokic brothers? Have you guys seen them in the stands? That to me has we do all these celebrity fights. We had uh, Jake Paul on yesterday. How we don't have one of the Jokic brothers or the Jokic brothers against the Morris brothers in a boxing ring this summer. I, I will never know. That's what the Fox said. Ah! What, does the fox say? what do you think about that one, Bayer? Do you think Jokic – I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't want the WWE, though. I don't want the fake stuff. I want the real stuff. There,
7: there is – you can do whatever you want on the courts, but, yeah, I don't think that they understood what they were getting into if they really wanted to go out and uh, meet in the back. I, I – the the whole thing of waiting till all security or team personnel are in front of you, yes. and then go say, hey, let's go out, you know, let's let's we'll take this out back is such such showboating and putting on a front. I don't well, think I I don't understand
4: what it. Morris was doing where where he thought, you know, he goes and and just fouls a guy and then he turns sure. around to act, and then he acts like he didn't know what was coming. Yeah, maybe now the Nuggets need to get their guy, their uh,
7: Morris. To go yeah, and need... and take care well, of well,
4: that's the problem with being big. When you're big, you have to be the enforcer. Yeah, yeah, right. And that that that's the problem with, with being big. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Marcus Morris said, "Wait till Bro turned his back." Noted. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he was shooting a ball. He wasn't looking for you to come and club him either. Okay. Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show again today. His tone was different. His message. Well, you'll hear it, and we'll talk about it. Next, the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
3: I'm
1: Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast.
0: Welcome to Locatora Radio, Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen.